obviously, I hope that all of us have mixed emotions. We have so much to be thankful for in the past. And until the Lord comes, there's much to do in the future. And uh, God has a plan. And this is a day. Say it with me. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Just think about it. It's the first day of the rest of our life. Think about those of you that stood a while ago that day when you gave your heart to Jesus. It may not have been here at Sagemont Church, but how many of you can remember the day when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Would you just raise your hand? Isn't that great? You never forget it. There's nothing like it. The new birth. Jesus is coming again. Amen. And my prayer is that you'll be ready, that I'll be ready, and that he'll find us. I think the most exciting thing would be for you to just lead somebody to Jesus, and when they prayed the sinner's prayer and said amen, and they're ready to go, and the Lord comes, that that's what you were doing, that your next step is from leading somebody to Jesus into the gates of heaven. I think that'd be great. And of course, there's going to be great reunions there, Right? What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. I'll look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And he'll take me by the hand and he'll lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that's going to be. Just think if they have one of those hand raisings, just like I did, everybody's going to raise their hand. Trust me. If you can't raise your hand, you won't be there. Because that's what God has prepared for us. He's going to swing wide the gates and say, welcome home, my child. And for all of us, what I want to hear, well done. My good and faithful servants, you've been faithful over a few things. Now, I'm going to make you ruler over many many things. Now, enter the joy of the Lord. We can sing those songs like the joy of the Lord is my strength, and they're great songs, and they're absolutely biblically true. But it gets better. It gets better. And the longer we live, the more exciting it is to know in whom we have believed. And we're persuaded that he's able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day. I've entitled the message this morning, The Sagemont Story, Part Two. We take our hats off and put the lid on the past. And now we open the future. This is part two. I want you to think with me this morning as I talk with you and to myself. And what I say may or may not be a blessing to you. However, what God has to say to us is worthy of our unanimous consideration. Our Heavenly Father is saying to everyone that is here that is a born-again child of God, may I have your attention. That's what he's saying. Do you understand that I'm not finished with you yet? There's a day coming when it'll all be over and we'll be with him, but that day hasn't come yet. We're in a time of transition, but this is not the day we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to that day when every deed will bow and every tongue will confess and say what? Jesus is Lord. 
Now I realize as I speak to those that are here, those that watch on television, the internet, those that listen by radio, I want to say to you that I'll be speaking in the next few moments to two groups of people. Group number one is those of us who have confessed to God and to each other that we're sinners, who have been born again because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's cross. The gift came from the only begotten Son of God, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by His stripes, we've been healed. We're born again. We're no better than anybody else. We're all sinners, but we're saved. The second group are those who until right now have rejected the gift of salvation, bought by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've chosen, and I want to emphasize, you've chosen to worship the gods of this world. There's plenty of them. You don't have to go very far to find your God. They're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. You've struggled to find love and joy and peace and contentment. You found little purpose for your life till this moment. But now, today, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity to be born again. You have an opportunity today. I know you're excited about Christmas and what am I going to get for Christmas? But let me tell you something. You have open to you today something money can't buy and death can't take away from you and it's called salvation. And it doesn't need batteries. And you don't have to insure it. It's all paid for in full. You can't put it on the master's card. He is the master. He's the savior. He's king of kings and he's Lord of Lord. I want to say to you early in my message to you this morning, this church cannot save you. If you came here today for this church to save you, it cannot save you. Don't go to another church thinking it's going to save you. There's only one way to be saved. The Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I know there are many of you here that stood a while ago and say, I've saved, and some of you, many that were saved at Sagemont, but there are many that are here because you love the church or you love me or you love each other and you came with somebody that brought you today, and I want you to know God is rejoicing in heaven that you're here. Because if you're not in group one and you're in group two, you could get in group one before you leave. And we won't pass the plate. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Thank you very much. (laughs) But today, we're celebrating over half of a century that God has led us to witness, to worship, to study, to praise the Lord, to preach, to teach, to share, to love. God has given us a half of a century to do that together. I know when people get old, I'll be there one day. (laughs) We like to talk about the past. That's one of the ways. I'm warning myself all the time, don't talk so much about the past. That's just a sign of old age. (laughs) 
you know, when you don't have a whole lot of past, there's not much to talk about. But when you get to the age of some of us, watch out. Watch out. But could I just bore you for just a moment, but to the glory of God, I thank God that I had a mom and dad that loved the Lord. I'm glad that I had a mom and dad that never let me vote whether I went to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, and RAs. When I got a little older, I wanted to go to GAs, and my mother forbid that. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, forget about it. <laughs> but I can remember at the age of 15, sitting on the back row of the First Baptist Church in Pasadena, and a fellow had, uh, Cliff Brannan had come, the attorney for the Laterno industry, and had preached. And I knew, I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of seven, and at that time, Louis Wannerberger was the preacher. I thought, that's funny. I just want to meet Mr. Wannerberger. And, uh, but he told me about Jesus, and then I went to my dad, and my dad led me to the Lord. And then at the age of 15, I was sitting on the back row of the First Baptist Church with all the other young people. We just covered the back row. And I was sitting by a young lady that I'd met at Training Union in the Southern Baptist Church, and uh, I, I thought she was unusual and special, and, uh, but she did say at one time, I'll never marry a preacher, and I said, don't worry about that, I'm never going to be one. But that night, I walked down that aisle, I gave my life, to, uh, my hand to my dad, and I said, Dad, God's calling me to preach. Yeah, the next day, my dad said, make sure, John, that God's calling you, because the day will come when that's the only thing that will keep you in the ministry. Right. That didn't mean anything to me then, but it means a whole lot to me now. But I remember that day when I, I walked that aisle, and I looked down, and I sat down right where Ernie's sitting here, and right where Kathy is sitting right now, Beth, who's now in heaven, was sitting there. And she had just told my dad, God's leading me to do anything he wants. In other words, he's, he's telling me that I want you to do whatever you want to do. And what it was ended up in 54 years of marriage. Those things don't happen by accident. I'm so grateful for Kathy. We've been married a little over a year. Together, we have 108 years of marriage. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pros. People are saying, now what are you going to do, Brother John? I'm thinking about opening up the studio, you know. <laughs> for Kathy and I, we're going to tell you how to do it. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> but then real quickly, I went off to Baylor University and started preaching. Well, first of all, I got to preach all over Pasadena, every church. My dad was First Baptist. He called the other preachers. I knew what was going on, but I didn't care. I just wanted to preach. Some of those folks didn't know a good sermon if they heard it. But anyway, <laughs> we went out and started preaching. Well, things began to, to move forward. Went to Baylor, pastored the Green Vine Baptist Church in Brenham, Texas. I was their pastor nine months before I found out they weren't Southern Baptists. They were German Baptists. And German Baptists are a little different than Southern Baptists. They have a tendency every once in a while to enjoy, never mind. Uh, and then I went off to the seminary and I pastored in Posey, the Posey Baptist Church in Sulphur Springs. Well, those days came and one night I got a call from a man named Gene Alexander and it was 11 o'clock at night and he said, John, we want you to fly to, to Houston this week on Trans-Texas Airways. We'll pay your way. They were very generous. The ticket was $22 <laughs> round trip. 
But I, I flew here and stood out here somewhere close to where the Beltway is, and this was nothing but fields. Great goose hunting, okay? And he pointed out here and he said, we're going to build a church out there, First Baptist Pasadena. Would you consider being the pastor? And I just preached a revival in East Texas at a church. We had 17 cowboys saved in that revival. They needed a pastor. They invited Beth and I to become pastor there. And um, I, I just felt like that was not what God wanted me to be. But God put it together here. Now, that's all the personal stuff I'm going to share with you. I hope it didn't take too long in doing it. Except when that began, the Sagemont story started. But the best is yet to come. Our budget was $33,000 the first year. We gave $30,000. First Baptist Church Pasadena owed us $3,000. Loaned us $3,000. So we were in debt from day one to them. And then they had secured a a loan from the First Pasadena State Bank for $160,000 to build the chapel over there. They passed that on to us. So we were in debt from the very beginning. But God, but God has supplied all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In just a few months, we will see that the Lord has poured over $400 million through the budget of this church in those 53 years. That's pretty good from being, yeah. That's pretty good for doing it God's ways, isn't it, church family? Well, why did all this take place? Now I'm going to get to my preaching. Number one, I want you to remember this. God has a right. Number two, I want you to know he's got a reason, and God has a reward for every one of us from this day forward. I know that every one of us are here today by the grace of God and the mercy of God and the leadership of God. And I want us to take our hats off to the past and our coats off to the future. I want us to stop today and in my comments to you this morning, knowing that God has been with us for more than a half of a century, that the best is yet to come. That we're in a time of transition when we wait to see, Lord, what would you have me to do? Listen to me very carefully. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. Let me read this to you. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to the Jordan and tell all the people and, and all this people into the land which I'm going to give you, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, those have I given you, as I said unto Moses, for the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be open to the coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before the Lord all the days of your life. Now listen, I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I will not fail you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give you. Only be you strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according 
to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, and you shall observe to do all the things according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Moses, you know, when I was young, John the Baptist was my favorite. Then I liked Paul. Then I got old. Now Moses is my favorite. When Moses speaks, I listen. I want you to, I want you to see Moses didn't lead him in the promised land. Joshua led him in the promised land. All right. God had it all planned out. See, there was a strategy there. There was something that was going to be alive when the Lord comes back again. What they did back then is still alive today in our hearts and in our churches. And it's here right now. But we have to understand that God does it his way. And we have to trust him totally and completely. Every single person that's a member of the Sagemont Church family, non-resident members, resident members, even people you've not joined yet, but you love this church and you love the Lord. God has a plan for this church. I will love Sagemont in the future. Kathy will love Sagemont in the future, just as I do now. I know that God is up to something big in the future right here, but also know that his ways are higher than our ways. I learned a long time ago, never try to explain to people when God's doing something. You can't explain God's way because his ways are higher than our ways. We have to trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him. Don't you like that song? And he'll save you. And he'll save you right now. The ultimate goal of the universe is to show the love and the power and the glory of God. In Colossians 3, chapter, third chapter, verse 17, it says, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. Amen. You know, if I knew today that Sage, my church was going to die, I'd want to die before it died. I want it to go on and on and on and on till the trumpet blows. I hope that people will understand that there is a people and you can find them if you go down the freeway and see this big old cross that a million people a week watch now and look at now and say there's a people if you'll go a few feet from that cross you'll see an empty tomb that the Jesus that died on the cross on Friday rose from a grave on Sunday morning. We're not here to worship a dead God. We're not here to pay respect in a memorial service for God. He's alive. His bride is alive. That's you. That's me. We are the family of God. I like that song. I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. But I learned a long time ago, and everyone has to learn, if Sagemont is going to be in the future what it needs to be, all of us have to get on board to the fact that we will follow Jesus. We have put in place a phenomenal staff. We have put in place leadership, volunteers by the hundreds. Those that will be uh, studying and looking, and you're going to be praying for the new pastor. I'm going to be praying for the new pastor. 
These are some of the most incredible deacons in the world. I deaconed for all of these years. Now, if you're a Baptist and go to another church, let me just assure you something. You had never been to a church like this and how much we love our deacons. We elect them every year. <clears throat> they have to get 90% of the vote in order to serve. <clears throat> There'll be over 2,000 votes cast, and the worst anyone ever got in a secret ballot vote in 50 years was seven negative votes. That's unity. When you got a church with 20,000 people and there's seven negative votes, God is up to something. God is up to something right now. I wish I could get up here with boldness. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I don't have a clue. I don't know what another day is going to bring. But I know this. God has a plan. And the devil is furious. He is furious. Whenever things happen and we don't understand what's happening, it's real easy for us to try to decide, well, I know what's happening. I've got the latest news. No, no, no. No, he's got the. The importance is follow Jesus. Trust each other. Trust this scripture. The scripture I'm talking about, the word of God. Jesus could have been distracted by Satan, but he wasn't. What would he say? Get thee behind me, Satan. I hope you recognize when Satan is trying to lead and when God's trying to lead. And whenever the Lord is leading and you know how he leads, because you know this scripture, you know what a New Testament church is. You know that it believes in the authority of scripture. It believes that whosoever will can be saved. It believes in you repent, you'll all perish. It believes that by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. A good church knows that people that haven't come to Jesus are lost, whether they're in Houston or on the other side of the world. That's the bride of Christ. It's all here in the scripture. We've studied it together for 50 years and, and even in other churches that you've come from. But now today, we have to come to that moment where we say, now, Lord, Teach me your ways. I challenge you to test, the, to test the Lord and to trust the Lord as to your giving of your time and of your talent and of your substance. The way to have is to give, not to get. Amen. Learn how to receive a blessing as well as give a blessing. Yes. To say thank you and to express love. If you don't do it well, learn to love others. Look back at this past year and ask yourself, how many people came to a worship service at Sagemont Church where you come every Sunday that you were responsible for them coming? Sometimes we get embarrassed, don't we? With all those people that we see, they're sitting around us everywhere we go, go to athletic events, people there by the thousands, waiting on the ball game to start. It's pretty good to have a few, few um, tracks with you. Some of them will get up and leave if there's another seat for them to go to, and you're more likely to catch a foul ball. So just keep giving those tracks out, all right? They'll, they'll make way for you. But what you have to do is stop and say, you know what? I'm going to follow the Lord. Let me give you a scripture out of Ephesians, second chapter, verses 1 through 6. And you, has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Does that sound like you at one time? Amen. And according to the print of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, 
among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even others. Then notice those next two words, but God. My dear friend, there was a time in your life. Thank God I got to know the Lord at seven. But there was a time in your life, if you're a born-again believer, of a but God. You were on your way doing whatever you were doing it the way you wanted to do it. You were one of the group. You were most popular. Everybody loved you. And you just wanted to be the leader. But God stepped in. And he took you as you were and making, is making you what he wants you to be. I'm talking to several of you. You say, well, I prayed a little prayer one time, revival me. You've never been baptized. You know, that's like, like the, the bride and the groom ex exchanging a ring and say, I don't want to wear the ring. Why? Because somebody might think I'm married. That's what they're supposed to think. Well, but I don't get as many dates if I wear the ring. Uh-huh, that's what I'm talking about. It's time, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's time for you to understand they're lost. Don't you get lost trying to find them. You come to the light. The light draws. You help people find their way home. That is our job. I believe, let me go on with that, that final few words because I think what Paul spoke to the church in Ephesus, he's saying to Sagemont today. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and has raised us up together and made us all sit in heavenly places. Everybody has a job. <clears throat> when you drove in the, the parking lot today, does the yard look pretty? Yes, it's okay to say yes for those that are listening, all right? <laughs> Why? Because of many that are sitting by you right now that work every Saturday, or they're in a group, they change, but to so many people. How many times do we have to ask one another, why don't you serve? Why don't you do something? Well, I just like to sit. And if I don't sit, somebody else is going to sit where I sit. Well, it's time for you to meet a new friend. It's time to move around. You know, I'm sure that I'm going to be gone some Sundays and Kathy, and I'm anxious to go hear some good preaching. And then I'll, I'll look at who's preaching to say mine, and I'll come here and hear some good preaching. But what I want us to do is get busy. People say, I hear you're retiring. You're retiring. I'm not retiring. I'm just getting reassigned. <laughs> I don't want to retire. I buried all those folks. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I hear a lot of people retired, I put you on the calendar. <laughs> I, I say, I'll, I'll hold three years for you. Then <laughs> I'll come anytime you call. But you know what? When you come to that understanding, I don't care how much you've messed up in the past. It's like going fishing and you hadn't fished, you hadn't caught a fish in years. One day you're going to hit it. And once you hit it, you're going to fish the rest of your life. Amen. That's the way it is in soul winning. First time you lead somebody to Jesus, you won't lead just one. You're going to find out. There have been many of you this morning that have come up to me personally, and I thank you for it. And just simply told me when you got saved and how you came on a bus to a vacation Bible school, to a revival, to a Sunday service, to a Wednesday night service. 
and Jesus changed your life and you've never been the same. See, that's what we want for everybody. We don't want that just for the elect. We want it for everybody. My time is getting away from me, but I do have three scriptures that I I don't, I I don't have the time to read them, but I want to um, read one of them and then I'll give you the other two for you to read later. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, unto him glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout the world without end. Amen. That was the church at Ephesus. At Colossae, in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. And let me read you the third one because the scripture is more important than anything else I could say. Let me give you the third one. First Corinthians chapter 12. For as a body is one, has many members. And all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. But now has God sent the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but one body. Aren't you glad that everybody doesn't want to sit where you sit? Aren't you glad that you can look around today and see people that you know before Jesus and after Jesus. And what a change it has made in their life. Jesus came to this earth for others. And God wants us to remember that we too are here for others. Any and every one of us are going to encounter Many people, if we live, that need Jesus. Be careful where you sit on an airplane. Sit wherever they tell you to sit, but be careful to not miss the opportunity to talk about Jesus. Now, if people get a little bit close to you, just get out your Bible, they'll move over. (laughs) I eat out with a lot of you. And it's so often as somebody will say to the waiter, and I like this, we're going to pray in just a minute after you take our order. Is there something we could pray with you about? Boy, they just lighten up. What is that? And they'll share you. And you pray. And they get blessed. We're to be living proof of a loving God. The watching world is not the people come to church on Sunday. The world is everywhere. When God started Sagemont, he started NASA. Sent billions of dollars, people went up in space. And you know what they came back and says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was written before NASA was ever thought about. But thank God they've been up there and they've said it. Wow. Remember the Russian went up there and he said, I don't see him. The American astronaut went up here. He said, I'm up here and God is here. Well, how do you know the difference? You got to know God when, when, when you're around him. I mean, how can any one of us look at a flower growing? How, how can you go out and love the outdoors? I've never seen, never an outdoors person that was an atheist. 
Never. I mean, if you just eat picnic and folding chairs and scrambled eggs and sausage every morning by your 18-foot trailer, you still love to look at the sunsets and the sunrises and say, behold, God is alive. You see, we're not dying today, folks. We're just going into chapter 2, part 2. This is the first day of the rest of this church's life. I want to say with all the sincerity in my heart, we've got the greatest church staff that any church ever put together. The love among our staff. The love among our staff is real. If one of us hurts, we all hurt. You, you are in a church that has incredible volunteers. The Helping Hands Ministry, out of sight. No one did more for in the Harvey. 170,000 meals, 1,500 houses redone. I mean, that's what a church is. We're not here just to sing holy, 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 but we sure do enjoy singing holy, holy, holy because it's the Lord that is using us. Amen. I thank God for the impact this church has on the public schools. We believe in church schools. We don't have one. Thank God for those that do have them. And homeschoolers. But our school district, I was a Pasadena independent school district, Cruz Elementary, Jackson Junior High, and Pasadena High School. That was it. You didn't choose. You just decided which grade you were in. There were some years that some of my friends did not realize they would not be moving the next year. <laughs> but they came to fall in love with Cruz Elementary. But that's another story. But what we have to do is understand, where do you fit in this? Well, I plan to come and listen. I plan to put something in the bucket every once in a while. No. No, here's what you'd answer. I plan to love Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to love his church until I draw my last breath. I tell you, folks... When God gets a hold of you and you have that moment when you see God do something supernatural, and you'll have that moment. Thank you for those that are in the past, those that drove those buses. Goodness gracious, Brother Chuck Snyder and Bill Moore and Larry Hips and all those other folks. And I hardly get in this pulpit that I don't think of Michael Pender that's preaching right now at Fallbrook Church on the other side of Houston to probably 5,000 people. And he rode those old beat-up $2,500 buses that Bob Perry bought two of them for us. And they were bringing 1,000 kids in here to Sunday school. And they're still coming back, by the way. They're grown now, and they're bringing their little children. And they said, this is where I met Jesus, and I want to bring my children where somebody loved me. But on Michael and his wife over there today, they used to ride those buses. And, and the wife <laughs> came up to to one of our bus drivers, Chuck would know the, the names, you can ask him, but he said, <laughs> I want to ride on that bus over there where Michael is, because I want to marry him. <laughs> He's like eight years old. <laughs> well, being the loving leaders that our bus people are, they got them together. <laughs> and they're still together. That's a God thing. I mean, it's humorous, it is outright funny, but it's the truth. What would you have thought? All oh, them old messy kids. I knew when we started Bus Minute, Brother Chuck, 
I thought I'm going to get all these cards about they're flushing toilet paper down. They don't even take it off the roll. You know, they're messing up our, our everything. Every, you know what? God strike me dead if I'm telling you a lie. I never got one letter, one face-to-face -face comment, one phone call from anybody that said those thousand kids were tearing our church down. Not one. Not one. That's the spirit of this church. We love kids. We love kids. And for my closing... I'll make up some of the stuff I'm leaving out right now in the next service. So stick around. <laughs> but I have to tell this in both services. We have three of the original, uh, actually four of us, of the original 16 members of Sage Mod here today. And uh, Billy and Ruby Hale, where are you? Oh, you moved over. Yeah. Billy and Ruby Hale. Stand up, Billy. Billy and I went to school together. He played football at Rice and... Incredible Christian and Ruby. And wait, just hold it just a minute. Well, Pat's right, the three of them are right there. So Pat, would you stand up? This is, was Pat Barker, now she's Pat, uh, Pat Medlin. And, and her husband came to know Jesus because of Pat coming. But these are, are, are four of us that were original members of Sagemont. And uh, five of the rest of, of the 16 are in heaven. And uh, some of the others, I don't know where they are. But anyway, I'm hoping they're alive and well. Thank y'all so much. Let me tell you one, one story here real quick. Then I'm through. Pat grew up in a home with a dad that was not a uh, believer. He worked in Shell. He's a good man, loved to fish, funny as he could be, tough as nails. But, you know, one day you get sick. One day you die. And when Red Daniels was on his last days on earth and people tried to witness to him and boy, I mean, he cut you off in a heartbeat. I mean, he knew how to use the word God, but it wasn't in for God so loved the world. <laughs> and they called our church and Chuck and Maureen, they were busy, they were doing something and they said, Red's really close to dying. Everybody knowing that he wasn't saved, even him. Even him. And um, so they, they called him. They rushed over there. They were standing in Chuck. Now, he's the preacher, you know, so now we got the preacher there and the, and the person, and uh, Maureen was there behind Chuck. So Chuck gives it the truth, simple, plain gospel. And he comes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Red just kind of, okay. Maureen says to Chuck, would you step aside? Let me talk to him. <laughs> I hope you see where this is going. And she walked, she stepped up and said, Red, and Red had two daughters. He said, Red, what your daughters want to know is if you die, are you going to go to heaven? No. Do you know you're going to heaven? No. Do you want to go? And she led him in the sinner's prayer to give his heart to Jesus just a few hours before he died. Amen. Now listen. She was here on the first day this church met. It took 53 years plus a staff that says wherever he leaves, I'll go. And he's in heaven rejoicing. That's Sage Mind Church. Amen. Amen.
Amen. We're not here to have a good time and have a great program and to make you feel good. We're here to lead you to Jesus. There's a card right in front of you. We have a, a, a lobby, a private lobby back in the back. I want you to take that card and just look at it for a minute. All of you, just take the card, look at it. In just a moment, I'm going to lead in a sinner's prayer. If you pray this prayer with me, I want you to fill that card out accordingly. I'm asking Jesus in my heart today. I want to encourage you to go back to that room when we dismiss in just a few moments now. If not, drop it in the offering boxes. Any comments you want to make that you want somebody to contact you, I want you to do that, okay? And when you do that, we're going to have, if you go back there, you're going to be able to give your heart to Christ. If you put the, the, the card in there, we'll have an opportunity to contact you. But I want you to think, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think, am I in group number one that I started the message with? I know that I know because of Jesus that I'm saved, or I don't know. You can be a member of a church and not be saved. But to go to heaven, you've got to have Jesus in your life. Somebody cares for you. Our church does not apologize for preaching the love of God. That there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. I want to leave here today. If I never preach to you again, you never hear me speak again, I want you to know God loves you. I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. I've tried, God knows, for a half a century that any time we meet together, you understand you matter to God. God doesn't want to use you. He wants to save you and bless you and put you what, where he created you to be. And you may have to give up for something, but I promise you this. If you give up anything, God will return a thousandfold, whatever you give up. So would we bow our head? Would you just say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I feel your presence in this room. We've sung about you. We've prayed to you. We've thought about you. We've cried. We've laughed. There's been moments of quietness and a lot of noise. But all to, that matters, Lord, is I want to know that I know that I'm your child. Would you come into my heart? And here's the prayer. Dear God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me. I will obey you as long as I live and follow you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now I want you to just to be still for just a moment. And Brother Chuck, would you come? Uh, yeah, Brother Bill, we'll just... We're just going to let Brother Chuck, we're running a little bit behind. Come on over, Brother Chuck. I'll get out of your way. This is the time of year where we express great gratitude. First and foremost, to our great God, who first loved us and sent his only begotten son. And as you've already seen, many of you here today have been saved at this church. And so we say, thank you, God, for the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The son has set us free indeed. And now we have a church home where we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And we are grateful to God for our church home. And we're grateful to God for our shepherd of 53 plus years. Would you stand and thank our shepherd, Dr. John D. Morgan. <laughs>
Thank you so much. God bless you. Well, we're going to